Hey, I'm Taylor Nallen. This is the Training for Ultra podcast. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. Great cause. Oh, thank you. I respect that, man. So you keep doing what you do, it, man. Keep inspiring. For all you kids out there, stay safe and stay strong. Hey everyone, it's the Training for Ultra podcast. Scott Jurek here. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? I decided if I could, you know, finish a 50-miler, I could probably run across the country. 100 miles is not that far. I'm into it. Okay. 81 tree to feel the pain of running for a long time. Welcome to episode 214 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra, and we have a great episode. We're talking to Taylor Nowlin. You've heard of her before. She was hilarious on a few episodes ago, talking about falling asleep with a burrito. I'll leave it at that. Big shout out to you, Patreon supporters. You've heard this episode. You get a sneak peek at most of my episodes couldn't do this without you guys. Really appreciate your support. Big shout out to Exoskin. If you haven't already, check out their toe socks, regular socks, compression gear. It's all super high quality. Check out the show notes for the best coupon available for Exoskin. They've been a huge supporter of everything I do. Big shout out to Tannery Outdoors. As runners, we spend a lot of time outdoors in the sun. It's important that we're protecting our skin Tannery offers clean sun care products like SPF lip balms, mineral sunscreen, and thereafter sun restorative moisturizer. Tannery just launched a new product, which is their traditional sunscreen. This leaves zero white cast and is similar to the mineral sunscreen in that it is sweat resistant and packaged from recycled materials. This is a great company, high quality products. Definitely check them out. Check out the show notes for a coupon code for Tannery Outdoors. Oh, you nailed it. That was short and sweet. Um, thank you for joining me on the podcast once again. We left off mostly talking about Western states and food for you. Uh-huh. I mean, any thoughts about you know the burrito, the burrito incident of 22, like... The alleged burrito incident. <laughs> I mean, we, we have you recorded. Did you get any positive feedback on that? Did Chipotle <laughs> reach out for any kind of deals? Like, Oh, man, I wish. I wish. No, no, <laughs> nobody reached out. A couple of people or no, uh, no potential burrito sponsors reached out. I should say a couple of people did hit me up on Instagram and were like, like kind of just like laughing, I guess. Um, yeah, of course, my parents so listened nice. to it and they were like, you're a comedian. And I was like, thank you. And then some other people messaged me and and were like, it, it kind of just sounds like you forgot there was a mic. <laughs> and oh. I was like, that I think I guess that's accurate. Like I hope you mean that in a good way. <laughs> I mean But it's out there now. You knew we were recording and it's no big deal. I mean yeah, who doesn't absolutely. fall asleep with food on their chest? Like if you haven't, you're just not pushing yourself hard enough. Yeah, yeah. I I just really felt like that was I don't know that that must be like a more regular, like hundred miler thing because <laughs> I've never been so trashed after a race. And yeah, I just feel like it encapsulates what it really feels like <laughs> to run that distance. 200 milers. I mean, you'll be on course falling asleep with food in your mouth. So nothing abnormal, but yeah, hundred miles. So that was your first Western States. Your seventh place was your first hundred miler ever, right? Yeah, that was my first 100 miler. I've built up to it for many years, but it's the first time I ever decided to go for it. I mean, what's what how'd you start with the sport? Like, were you in an endurance related sport prior or did you just start trail running a few few years ago or or how's tell me a little bit more of your background there? Yeah, um I mean, I've done it for a while. I ran in college. I was a steeplechaser in college. And then when I graduated, I went to Oregon State University. And when I graduated there, I had a couple of friends 
who are doing road marathons. And I thought that that would be like a good next step for me. I knew I didn't want to stop running, but um, I wasn't really sure like how to fill, I guess, that gap in my life. And so I started doing road marathons and then I pretty quickly, uh, I, I got, I did my first one and my goal was just to run under three hours. Um, and I was able to do that by like a minute and I was thrilled. So naturally my next step was I should try and get an Olympic trials qualifier. So then I started training for that. But in the midst of that kind of idea, I moved out to Crested Butte, Colorado, which is amazing for so many reasons. But it's it's not amazing if you live there through the winter and you're trying to train for a road marathon. <laughs> so I really quickly like yeah, I really quickly switched gears into like skiing and becoming like a more, I don't know, well-rounded like mountain-oriented athlete without really knowing it just because like that's that's where I lived and that's what everyone else did. Um, and in the summers I just started doing like shorter trail races and then I guess over the years I just started doing like longer and longer distances and, um, but the first time I like really, I guess, seriously considered doing a hundred miles was I got second at Lake Sonoma in like one of my first big ultras, um, and that was a golden ticket race and I won a golden ticket and I, I turned it down because, like, I think at the time, the 50 miler was my longest run. So I just didn't feel comfortable. I felt like my body would break down. I really wanted to be one of those athletes that runs like really late in life. Um, and I, I just want to like train sustainably and race sustainably. And so I, I didn't do it at the time. That's why I said like, it kind of took me years to like gather sort of the confidence to, to go for it and and feel like it was a good idea and something I was actually ready for. So I don't want to go back too far, but you're running collegiantly. Steeplechase is super hard. Injury rates are probably like substantially higher, right? Than, than most. I don't know the data on it or anything, but I do remember when I was a freshman uh, just getting on the team, they didn't really have anyone on my team who was that interested in steeplechase. And I had heard this story, like the girl who did it before you, she fell on one of the barriers and broke her nose. And now we don't have anyone to fill oh this spot. Gosh. And I was like, that could be me. <laughs> like not the break your nose part. But like <laughs> yeah. It just, it just sounded so fun. And, yeah. and it, it really was like, I love the athleticism of it. I feel like it actually translates like really well to, to trails i feel because there's i just totally a lot i totally like, agree with my collegiate uh knowledge of the steeplechase you know I, i've been a student yeah. of no i haven't um i assume it <laughs> would i mean the the climbs like the jumps and everything are very similar to rocks roots rivers mm -hmm. streams yeah, yeah i feel like you have to know your body well and and have like some athleticism and a little bit of coordination and yeah that's those are all the same things you need to like run fast on a technical trail did so. you grow up in the area like why did you you pick you know your college and i got to hear a little bit more since you have four bachelor's okay, yeah. degrees i mean <laughs> two two bachelors oh. i just couldn't get it right the first time that's okay uh so i grew up in westland which is like a little it's a little suburb kind of outside portland no one knows where that is. So every time I've like moved out of state, I just say Portland, but Westland technically. So I, I just stayed in state for college, which I remember when I was looking for colleges, I swore like up and down that I would never do. <laughs> um, but then I was like, or I was uh, touring different colleges, trying to figure out like what team I wanted to be on and like what, I don't know, what kind of school environment I wanted to be in. And I really, really clicked with the um, the coach that had like track and field and cross country coach at Oregon State, uh, Kelly Sullivan. He still coaches, and um, that like really sealed the deal for me. So post college, you're thinking about trials. I mean, tell me more about that. It sounds like you probably became professional at like running on a treadmill, uh, given the winners here. Um, but I mean, tell me more about that experience. Like, were you able to achieve anything, anything greater after your, your first road marathon? 
Uh, I wish I could say yes, but no, I just had a horrible marathon experience. So I had like done all this research and decided I was going to run the California International Marathon because it's pretty flat and it seemed like a lot of people got their qualifiers there. So I was training and I was super fit for it. But a couple weeks before, not a couple weeks before, what am I talking about? It was like, I think the week of that race, I got the flu and I was like so stubborn and I still ran. And the first half, I remember I was still like, I was recovered enough to like still stay on my splits somehow for like the first half. And then it all like crumbled. I remember like walking some sections, like my mom jumped in with me for a couple of miles and was like, don't quit. And it, it was, it was one of those. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I mean, that sounds Uh, bad enough. Like, so you haven't run that again since probably, right? No, no, I don't think. Yeah, I literally haven't. No. Okay. I've done road races, but I've definitely never done a road marathon since then. And I wouldn't say that was like a turning point, but I don't know. It was just kind of a moment where I was like, I don't know how much I love this. Like there might be things that I like more and trails i mean trails totally check that box i mean were you hitting the trails during college just with training and and whatnot or tell me more about your first trail experience yeah i was a bit actually um the oregon state campus like it's a it's a land grant university so they own a lot of land like around the corvallis area they um there's like mac forest there's a few big forests and parks that we would do like minutes workouts on and then like every Saturday we would go out and do um like longer runs and they were for the most part on like either like flat dirt forest roads or like sometimes real trails um and I remember like a long run at the time was like like I don't know maybe just over 10 miles like 12 13 miles and going out into the woods and like worrying about getting lost and like, how are we going to get back to the bus? (laughs) This is so far. Um, So I had a little bit of an intro to trails, but I mean, I was on, you know, pretty like a a strict program where I was always like running with other people. And I definitely didn't go like venture out into like the true world of trails that is like present in that area. Your mileage sounds reasonable. Is that true? Because most most yeah. collegiate athletes that I talked to either went through like a period of massive burnout after their college career or I don't know, like basically hated the sport at some point for quite some time because college programs are just notorious for yeah. not caring as much as they maybe should have for their athletes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, no. I think that's super accurate. I feel like I saw that in a lot of like other teams as well. Like we would um, race against U of O a lot, which I felt like was super notorious for that. And they had a lot of like really standout athletes that you like would see one season and then wouldn't see the next season. And I guess one of the reasons why I like really connected with my college coach is he had a very different philosophy. And um, I felt like really supported us as, like student athletes, not just athletes and kind of took a more sustainable approach to coaching and like, didn't, um, I don't know, push us until we broke. So there were some injuries on the team and there was definitely like some burnout, but I think that it was a lot more like toned down compared to what some like college running environments can be, which was really, really nice. And I think that's how I was able to continue running after college and still enjoy it and be excited about it. I mean, how much of that plays into your training today? Like, do you, do you have a coach and do you guys still talk about, I mean, that, that coach sounded like they fundamentally affected your, your outlook on training in general, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely, um, still use a lot of what I learned in college in like the training theory that I use on myself. Now I have had coaches in the past, um, as a bit of a long story, but I decided to pivot, um, and just coach myself. And yeah, I use a lot of those fundamentals that I learned in college 
And then I've just applied like some new and different things to kind of make that more applicable to ultras, you know, like the back-to-back long runs, like having builds just look a little bit different. I found I can't do quite as much intensity as I used to because I'm just running so much further and I would be exhausted if I did as many workouts as I did in college. So I've definitely like tweaked it a lot, but it was so helpful in just teaching me like how to train and how to work hard and the importance of consistency over years in like making, making you a better athlete. Like when, when I first got on that, the Oregon state team, I was a a walk-on. I like, they kind of were like taking a chance on me. I didn't have a big scholarship or anything. Um, and by the time I graduated, I had like the school record in the steeplechase. I was on a full ride scholarship. Um, wow. And it, w- it wasn't because I started out like amazing by any means, but I just stuck with it for a lot of years and like slowly got better. I, I have a uh, bubbly bounce caffeinated water right now and so i'm sorry if i'm i feel like i'm burping a little too much here I had, i'm sorry oh, i can't even hear it i'm taking like breaks oh, to drink coffee goodness. So. i switch between caffeinated bubbly and coffee at this point in my life um <laughs> so spicy what um what is a typical training week for you now like you, you said you lowered the intensity Ooh. for a variety of reasons but what, yeah. what what's the balance because i'm yeah i always kind of preach for for like us middle of the pack 80 20 is if anything high like most your runs should be easy i've been mm-hmm. influenced by a lot of um a lot of runners that are proponents of that are you anywhere near 80 20 for for your typical weeks i'm probably yeah, I'm probably between like 80, 20. I definitely like follow that rule and I'm a believer um, or or less, honestly. I might be more like 90, 10. Um, yeah, that's what I meant. But, I, I don't know if I said more or yeah. less, but yeah, nine, eight, 90, 10 is, I, I should write a book. Get that in, get yeah. that in quick. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it changes a lot, like depending on how I'm feeling and like, what specific race I'm training for. Like if I'm doing more 50K stuff, I'll do a little bit more speed work, a little bit more like fast climbing. And since I'm running less miles, then I can like get in a little bit more intensity. So maybe then I like push a little bit closer towards 80, 20. But then, I mean, training for Western States, for example, like I was definitely way more like 90, 10 because you don't have to have like that same level of like really quick, like fast twitch foot speed that you would in like, shorter mountain races so like that build for me was just focusing on like having the endurance to like run for that long and not have your body break down um so just like lots more long runs and then a couple like speed sessions that were a little bit on the longer side Um, how's your um how's your diet change throughout like a training block does it change at all Ooh, i don't know that it really does um I mean, overall, since specifically college, burritos, sorry, <laughs> I was going to say overall since college, I, I probably eat like a little bit more junk food than I used to just because I, I bring a lot of crap sometimes on runs. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I've told you about like the gummy worms and stuff. Um, I definitely became like way less afraid of uh, sugar <laughs> with, with training for, which is like doing ultra marathons. Cause I feel like that's, how so many people, you know, it's just such a good energy source and you can get it right there and right easy and go straight to your blood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Um, yeah, I don't think it changes like throughout the training block. I mean, I eat a ton more when I'm doing more miles. Uh, do you have a special diet at all? Or I mean, cause I've tried them all. Um, yeah, uh, I'm vegetarian for the most part. But I'm also uh, an opportunist. So if I'm like going out to someone's house and they're making like burgers, I'll make I'll make an exception for that. But when I'm like cooking for myself and like grocery shopping on my own. It's so like 80, uh, 20, really 90, 10, 80, 20. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really a lifestyle. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Um, it is funny, though, how that probably matches your training. Um, mm-hmm. So 
my personality in general. Yeah. Yeah. You're 80, 20, um, 80, <laughs> that should be your new like social handle. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. So you've done a lot of races. Like I was looking over your history and just ultra sign up and it's weird because we've almost done, we've done like 10 of the same races, but it's been like oh, really? plus or minus one year. So it's just weird oh my that, gosh. uh, yeah. And, uh, it looks like a lot of this is going towards eventually getting a golden ticket and eventually going to States. Has that been the goal from like early on or did this goal of States like slowly develop? Uh, what was the goal? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know that there was one. I think I was just entering races that I, thought sounded fun and were competitive um I feel like I get the most out of myself when I'm racing against people who are really good so I usually when I'm like making my season plan I'm trying to pick out like races that are competitive um so I don't know that's some of it I guess I mean this year I definitely I needed a golden ticket to get into western states so like the um the races i i ran like the 100ks i definitely was trying to get a golden ticket out of but the years past um i don't think so i i i don't know it was always kind of in the back of my head like maybe one like one day i want to do western states but i don't know when that is or like when i feel ready and part of that was because uh i went back to school only let's see like 3 years ago now um, for nursing, I had a degree in something else. Um, and then kind of my life trajectory changed. I had a quarter life crisis and decided I wanted to do something else. So I went back to school and then I was really busy and just did not have time to train for like hundred milers. And then I got out of school and it was COVID and I was a new nurse in the middle of COVID oh my working gosh. like a mix of night shifts and day shifts. And I, I kind of, I didn't run for like a whole winter, that first winter of COVID. I just took it all off because I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle both. Um, and then I've sort of been like easing back into it. And like just mm, six months ago, I got a part-time nursing job. Um, so I work three days a week, which is like full-time for nurses and then two days a week and then three days and it alternates. Um, and so like having that schedule has finally given me the time to actually train like seriously again. Um, which is funny cause like, yeah, I've been doing races the whole time, but I was so busy in the other parts of my life that I couldn't really give everything I wanted to until this year. So that's kind of a long story, but that's, like why I decided to go for the hundred this year is because I actually knew I really did have time to train for it. Whereas the last few years, I really have not. Seems like running is in really good perspective for you. Is, is running the priority in your life or what is the priority? How do you balance that? Um, I mean, I, I think I have a lot of priorities that are like tied <laughs> with each other. Um, and sometimes things take more time and then sometimes running takes more time. It seems like it's always kind of in a flux for me. Um, for a little bit in my life, I didn't do anything and just ran. Like I didn't have another job and I didn't like it. <laughs> I felt like I was just thinking about only running and I had a lot of like questions about like, what, what am I like giving back? to my community I don't know that this is like checking all the boxes for like me as a human so like I think I I run my best when I'm also doing other things because I just don't think about it as much and I kind of have a like a healthier perspective in a lot of ways on like where running lies in the grand scheme of things um so I think that's kind of how I've like structured my life and how I think about running is it's something that I love that brings me so much joy but I I don't want to give up my ability to have a career in healthcare because I like to run and I believe that I can find a sustainable balance where I can do both successfully and have them add to each other and not have like one take away from the other one 
And I feel like so far that's been really true for me. Like I think being a nurse has made me a way better runner and vice versa. I mean, being a nurse is obviously stressful. Is is running a outlet for stress? Is is running a place to think? Do you just turn your brain off? Like, tell me, <laughs> tell me more about like what running is to you. I think, I mean, it's 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 whatever I need it to be. Like on that day, a lot of days I just shut my brain off and in meditating, kind of. Um, you know, just thinking about nothing, enjoying where I'm at, that kind of thing. Some days it's an opportunity to hang out with good friends. Um, other times it's, yeah, and as stressful or an outlet for stress. Sometimes it causes stress. <laughs> like when I go out on a run and it feels really crappy, that can be stressful. <laughs> and then I have to call my partner to come pick me up because I you know, ran too fast and ran out of gels and that I'm is tired and hungry. The worst. That is the worst. The worst. The, the worst. worst. Like, <laughs> oh, I've only had to do it twice, but each time. Oh, oh man. The- I, I did it not, not even that long ago. I was like, what am I doing? Rookie mistake. But we've kind of had a heat wave here in Spokane. That's what I did. And, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, stupid. I'm just like, well, I just ran Western States. I'm like, a I'm used to heat, you know, <laughs> I went out on a run like in the afternoon. Cause, uh, I was, I slept in, I don't know. <laughs> it was my day off. I slept in, I ran in the afternoon and just got absolutely like baked. It was so hot. And I was doing ran like, out a of water run and... on the pavement. Yeah, yeah. All the things, all the things. And oh, yeah, I had to like good call memories. for rescue and he, he brought me a donut and I was just like, all right, we're calling it a day. <laughs> I, yeah, I was yeah, doing great, like a self, memories. like a, a self, a uh, little local effort, like a 50k type training run, um, and yeah, 25k out. I was like at a gas station, chugging a Powerade, oh, calling for like oh, yeah. calling for backup. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. it was. I think it was last summer. Might have been the summer before. I forget, but same exact thing. It's the worst. Sorry to all you <laughs> yeah. partners and significant others and wives and husbands out there that get that unfortunate call. Yeah. Plus, like you're like in a bad mood. Consecutively. Right? <laughs> I I'm, I was in a horrible mood because I was just like I didn't pace myself right. I like yeah lost all confidence. Yeah, um, I was definitely a little like sad and bummed, and then I saw that there was a donut in the car, and then that like turned things around, and I was happy again. <laughs> like when you're when you're training, do you ever go out for not a long run, but maybe like a nine miler? gone wrong where you're like five miles in you screwed something up whether it's your pace or whatever it might be and i mean i i distinctly remember sitting under sitting under a tree i can almost talk i remember sitting under a tree and just like sulking feeling bad about myself and having Mm -hmm. to get myself up but (laughs) i mean tell me about like the training wrongs gone wrong how do you get okay, through the, those? The training wrong's gone wrong. Ah, I've had a lot of those. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think, I mean, I actually had one like, I don't know, two weeks ago and I went out for a long run and felt terrible and it turned into, I don't know, like a 10 mile. It was like half the distance I wanted it to be. Sometimes I just sit down and have to have a good cry on a log and turn myself around um, I, I mean, I think, I think a lot of training successfully is being able to read your body and know what it's feeling and like what it needs in the moment. And I feel like if you're having one of those runs and if it's just like, nothing's working out and you don't feel very good, like it's just a sign that you don't need to do it that day. And it's up to you to like interpret that and like turn it around. So I think I've gotten a lot better about that over time, you know, because the guilt of it is the worst of being like, I, I set out to do this and I was supposed to do this, but I couldn't, I didn't have it in me. I'm not good enough. You know, it's really easy to go down that negative mental spiral. Um, and I still do that sometimes, but I feel like I've gotten a lot better about giving myself a bit more grace and looking at the other things that I, that may have led to that, you know, maybe I had a stressful day at work or, you know, was, was busy doing other stuff. And that's why I feel more tired. And, 
you know, that explains, you know, why that happens a lot of the time. And I always, like, I'm a super firm believer and I'd rather show up at a race, like a little bit undertrained, but really fresh and like excited and ready to go than I would overtrained and like flat, tired, maybe injured, something like that. And I think listening to your body on days like that and calling it early if you need to, like that's that's how you succeed in that. Totally. I I like having bad runs. It, it reminds me of like being thankful of the good ones, but it's also really yeah. it's nice to have that humbling experience before a race because for yeah. some reason I always forget and then I'm the guy going out way too hard mile, you know, two or three in and I'm like, "Oh boy, it's going to be a long race and I'm mm-hmm. middle of the pack at best. So I can't even imagine what going out too hard is like for you guys. But, um, I like having bad, a, a bad training run or two. It, it humbles you in a training block to the point of, it seems like it helps race day a lot. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I yeah, I totally agree with, with what you're saying. I feel like I've, I mean, honestly had a good bit of that lately, like doing the Western States, like CCC double is really hard and it has not been an easy training block for me. And I've had to readjust a lot of my expectations. I thought I could just copy paste my Western States training and add like vert and technical train to it and maybe get a few more hours in and be able to do that leading up to CCC. And I really quickly realized after, I don't know, a week or two that I I couldn't. I was still really tired, and in order to show up at CCC, not feeling absolutely trashed, I was gonna have to scale back a lot. And so, yeah, I mean, this this one definitely hits home. I mean, tell me more about that in terms of we're how many weeks out from CCC? Like three? <laughs> we're close. We're really close. What is today? The twelfth. I'm pretty sure it's on. Yeah, it's on the 26th, so it's right around the corner. Um, I mean, uh, it's going well. Like, the first week I took totally off. The second week I started just doing a couple of super chill runs and, like, some bike rides, and that felt okay. And then the next week I just hit it really hard. I had, like, a big week, a lot of vert, a lot of time out on the trails. And then the next week I tried to do the same thing. I just didn't feel that good. And so um, – yeah, I had to like really scale back. Like I was trying to do, um, like, I don't know. I really wanted to do 90 to hundred mile weeks with like a lot of vert in them. And, um, I, I couldn't, I had to, yeah, just like take it back a lot of steps. Cause I just felt really tired on every single run. And like, I didn't have the pep in my step. I found I wasn't enjoying it as much cause I was frustrated. And so I had to like, really go back in my mileage and do way less than I thought that I could. Um, I think it's a mental game a lot of the time too, because now instead of, I don't know, I get a lot of confidence from looking back at my training and being like, I ran the most miles and the most vert. And like, I would love to do that because I feel like it's the easiest way to go. So I should be the best. Right. (laughs) But I think it takes a lot more strength to, realize like well I did the bet the best thing for my body and for me personally and and then still be able to believe in yourself so yeah I ran a bit less but like my body feels good um and so I'm excited I'm just doing I don't know some shorter more mellow runs and when I get nervous about how many miles specifically I'm putting in I just think of the really big block that I already did that led to western states and that kind of helps me mentally. <laughs> why why did you pick CCC? Um, well that's all I had Out points for. Okay. I could I could do CCC, like that was the like the biggest race. Um, or OCC. And I did OCC last year and I, I honestly felt like coming off a hundred miler, I was like, well I'm I'm gonna be fit for hundred K if I just ran a hundred miler. So and the the training is pretty similar. So I just thought there was a lot of crossover. I mean it makes sense. I mean CCC is a fun race. There's only four climbs. So like if you can get through the four climbs, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's so, it's so simple. <laughs> it's really, it's not that difficult. You just yeah, do four climbs. Make such a big deal out of it. Four descents. 
<laughs> you're back where you started. I mean, yeah, basically, yeah. like it's well, actually, you started in Italy, but anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or kind of a different country, but details. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, are you excited for it? I mean, the travel. I mean, all the stress of states. Like, are you going over early? Um, are you staying later? Are you, you know, hopefully, you're taking a little bit of a vacation. Yeah, we'll be there um, the 16th through the 30th. Uh, so I leave on on Monday, um, and yeah, I'm I'm so excited. I mean, it is a long travel day for sure, um, but I'll have like 10 days before the race to kind of preview the sections I haven't seen and just hang out with my Terex teammates. We have some really fun accommodations there, and that's like a big highlight of just going over to Chamonix. It's like yeah, I'm so excited to race, but I'm also so excited to see them and hang out and get some runs in and like catch up. Um, so yeah, I, I, the, I don't know. I, I haven't really felt super nervous yet. I'm more just excited to get there and stop having so much FOMO over everyone who's already there while yeah. I'm at work, <laughs> you know, I'm ready to join in on the fun. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm, I'm excited see you progress throughout those uh etmb races and yeah you had a unbelievable year already just with your your qualifier and then states so i don't think you really should feel any pressure at all you might actually have a breakthrough performance for all for all i know um i mean mentally i I sure hope so (laughs) mentally like what is 100k to you now that you've done a 100 miler you know you know what it's like, like you're, yeah, that's does it the change of running a hundred miles? Does it change <laughs> your perspective sudden, on distance? It so does. Yeah. Cause now a hundred K like quote unquote, it doesn't feel that far. And before hundred K's felt extremely far to me. So it definitely shifted my perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm trying to remember how much it vert is in CCC. I want to say it's a. I think it's 20k. Is that right? Yeah, I think I think it's like right under that. I have like eight, eighteen. So you know what the? I mean, you know what that feels like. You've done hard races that are more compressed. Obviously, it's just a matter of sustaining it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you've done OCC. So like I I think I don't know. I, I, do you have expectations for yourself other than just having a good time and trying to enjoy it a little bit or? I mean, I would really love to get on the podium, but it's also, I mean, it's a, it's a competitive field and I very well could have an insanely good day for me and that could not end me up on the podium. So, um, I, I think my biggest expectation for myself is just to go out and like really push it and take some risks and leave it all out on the table i feel like a lot of the times i kind of race on the more like conservative side like i I think about western states and like how i paced that and i just didn't know if i could run that far so the the beginning like a lot of the really early miles i was just trying to run like really well within myself um and and keep it you know keep the effort like reeled back a lot just so that i could keep doing it and that i wouldn't have to drop um but I feel like it gave me a good idea for what I can, like how much harder I can push. And yeah, I don't know. I just really want to go, go out harder than I normally would and see what I can, what I can hold on to. I salute you. (laughs) Don't use it all up on the first climb. Yeah, no, that first one looks pretty gnarly. So (laughs) yeah, nothing crazy, (laughs) but I, that is my goal is to just push a little bit harder than I normally do. So we, we joked about your race nutrition a little bit at Western States. Like, are you going to, what, like, what is the game plan for CCC in terms of nutrition? Are you eating anytime you feel hungry? I'm trying to remember you ate like 10 waffles or something just obscene yeah i eat i i i love goo waffles and i always have ever since i discovered them and they don't bother my stomach and there sometimes can be like a pain in the butt to eat you know it's just hard to eat something like dry that you actually have to chew 
but the trade-off is I don't have stomach problems from that. So, uh, I guess my, my nutrition plan, I'm not going to do really anything that different from Western States. I think I'm just going to focus a little bit more on doing more liquid calories mm-hmm. and less solid food, just because I feel like that's a little more, um, it's, it just helps be a little faster, I think, and a little bit more efficient with how you can get calories in instead of having to slow down to like chew or really think as much. For me, I feel like the liquid calories, I can just do it so quickly and that is really valuable. So <laughs> that's kind of my goal. And then I, I mean, I train a lot with a lot of different foods so that I can go to races and just grab whatever I want at a need station or whatever sounds good. And my stomach will already, you know, kind of be accustomed to getting random stuff thrown at it. So I'll also probably just utilize the aid stations and like whatever they have there. Cause there's not going to be crew at every one. And yeah, um, no pacers yeah. or any of that either. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny cause you like liquid calories cause you can like take it down faster. And I'm like, it's the ease of getting calories in when I'm bonking, it's like my lazy calories. Oh, So like oh, when I yeah. literally don't have the energy <laughs> to eat or, or like just the thought mm-hmm. of it, it's just like so much work, just like swigging yeah. on liquid calories is so much easier for me. Um, yeah. It's just funny. We have totally different perspectives on it, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's a personal thing. <laughs> so whatever yeah. works for you. I mean, it's a tour de soups, right? Like, are you, excited for That's what i remember like and, and it could be super hot for you front runners <laughs> you should be careful yeah. you could burn yourself really bad <laughs> if it's, yeah if I it's know. still hot when i get there there's <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think actually i did a while ago i did lavaretto 120k and it was the longest run i've ever I had ever done at that point. It did not end well. I ended up DNFing, but I do remember there was um, alphabet soup at one of the aid stations <laughs> and seeing it and drinking it and just thinking it was the most magical thing that I possibly could have found. And, and then at Madeira, I do remember going into an aid station and I was looking for chips cause that's one of my like normal go-tos. Uh, and I was like, I need something salty, like, cause all I saw was like a variety of cakes and things. And I was just like, this is not, this is not what I'm craving. And I was like, I just need something salty, like salty. And, and I just remember they, they were like gesturing for me to like hold out my hand. So I did. And someone just took a salt shaker and like <laughs> shook a, like literally just straight up plain salt into my palm. And I just sat there and looked at it for a second and then just like threw it all in my mouth like drank some coke and ran away and so uh yeah i don't know i'm prepared for whatever whatever's out there i'm gonna eat it i mean i i'm just thinking of our conversation about states and uh some of that didn't make the final cut um just because i knew your parents would listen so i you know i had to clean up a little bit but (laughs) Are you planning on hitting sugar as hard as you did at States? Like I always think of it as playing with fire. It's like, Mm -hmm. if it hits right, hits right. If you hit a cold climb, if that, you know, climb number three is freezing cold up there and you can't digest food very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a long ways that finish line. Yep. The straight sugar, I feel like is a, is a dangerous game. So, uh, no, I'm not going <laughs> to eat a lot of gummy worms or do one of those. I, like I said earlier, I think I'm just going to stick with the goo waffles, the, like my liquid drink mix. I do like tailwind or like summit tea or something like that. Um, and then just like a couple small little handfuls of things at eight stations and, and that's it. And gingins. I really like gingins. I mean, I, yes, I've definitely, I've probably eaten just about any food you can name at an aid station at some point, but, uh, I mean, are you ready for the different style of racing? Like you got a taste of it last year, but it's a totally different, I mean, maybe it's for you guys like way, way up front, uh, roughly the same. But for me, it was like people would go insane, climbing, smashing downhills, 
make up like three minutes and then they'd end up taking like five minutes at the aid station. And there'd be like giant <laughs> packs of people at the CCC aid stations where like mm. it, it was like a social gathering. And then the same people would sprint past me. Like it, it was yeah. just a totally different like mentality to aid stations. Are yeah. you ready for a different race style and, and that sort of thing? Different crowd? I'm so ready. Yeah. I think the style of the, like the style of the terrain there definitely is my favorite. Like I prefer more technical trails. I really enjoy a lot of vert. I love having an excuse to use my poles. Those are all things I'm really excited about. I still am never a hundred percent sure like what to grab at the, the aid stations just because it's so different than the ones that you see in the U S um, but yeah, I am really looking forward to it. I mean, I appreciate all your time. I'm going to switch it up here and end with like a few just totally random questions. Um, okay. What is your your favorite recovery food? Ooh, favorite recovery food. There is a pizza place really close to my house called Flying Goat Pizza. And I think that's probably my favorite recovery food they've got a lot of good a lot of good pizzas and in second place is maybe donuts <laughs> um <laughs> i i mean we could just spend a whole episode talking about that stuff um <laughs> like we did last time <laughs> um <laughs> and uh what's the wildest like I guess, wildlife encounter you've had? Like, have you seen some crazy stuff? You're in Washington State right now, right? I'm in Washington. Uh, yeah, I'm in Spokane. <clears throat> so it gets pretty... I mean, if you get out on the remote trails here, like, especially if you head north, there's there's bears, there's moose, <laughs> you know, there's all sorts of things. Um, I haven't had any, like, super, super close calls or anything that I was really spooked by. But I do see a lot of moose. I've I, I've seen two. Already. Actually, no, three this week. Because I was on, because one of them was a baby. I saw one, I was running up uh, Mount Spokane, and there was just one, like, literally standing in the middle of the trail. Just staring at me, like, munching on some bushes. And I tried to do this, like, bushwhacky detour to kind of, like, get around it. Because it was definitely standing its ground. Um, I remember I had to like turn around and go on the road and like run a bunch of extra miles all because a moose was just like <laughs> wanted to be on the trail. And then like later in this week I was running and I saw, I was running kind of parallel to this Creek and it's actually like pretty close to like downtown Spokane area. Like I didn't have to drive super far to have wildlife encounters, which is great, but there's this big wide Creek and there was a mama moose and a baby moose walking through it. And it was so cute. Uh, I haven't seen a little baby one in a while and I was far enough away that I wasn't like super worried about it. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, I've never seen a mountain lion, but that's, that's my, my biggest fear. <laughs> so yeah, I'll keep you posted. I'm trying to recall Were were you the one that hadn't done night running? No, or- I've definitely done night running. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I was, I think it was our group call. One, one of the, the ladies did not, done much night running i i can't remember oh, i've talked to too many possible. people um, yeah. oh i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> i mean are you taking a headlamp to ccc would be the natural follow-up to that yeah i am it's part of the mandatory kit to have um i think you have to have two actually and like a backup uh, battery so i will be carrying one yes how do you feel about all that required gear it's a lot and it they check it yeah i've been yeah. Yeah, totally. I've been I've been training with it, though. Like I've been going on all my even just like somewhat long runs with a pack full of stuff that's like equivalent or the same as what I'm planning on carrying. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel more more accustomed to it. It's not like as uncomfortable. I feel like now I put on the pack and I'm like, it's go time. I mean, so I retrain my brain. <laughs> I I kind of feel like our our current ultra running community isn't as like, I don't know, gritty, 
right? Like, was it was a jerk that used to just put rocks in his pack for training? <laughs> you need to, you need to up it I've up. Never done yeah. That. I, and then, yeah. And then I you do. got a defense, you know, any kind of wildlife goes at you, you got rocks in, in your pack to protect Seriously. yourself with. Yeah. You know, sometimes I wonder that if doing other, like whether or not doing other really hard, uncomfortable things in life makes you better at suffering in ultras. Like I've considered taking like more ice baths or like really cold showers right as soon as I wake up or like camping more outside and really rough can like, do those things make you better at suffering for ultras? I think so. And should I actually incorporate them into my training on purpose? I don't know. Probably. This is where we cut to the, the, like the hardcore Taylor montage of like you like basically Rocky meets, I don't know. Goggins meets. Oh, I like that. Oh my gosh. I don't know that I deserve to be compared to David Goggins. Turning into Rambo. But if I do even like, <laughs> if I do even like a tenth of the badass stuff that he does, I would be really proud of myself. I agree with you. You can train yourself to suffer better. I, I mean, I, I really do think that, but who knows? I mean, it, uh, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole another podcast. Honestly, I know, um, I know. Well, now I'm just thinking about putting rocks in my pack. <laughs> like, I mean, oh gosh, I never even considered that. I was always nice and put soft things in there. Rocks I mean, just sound really uncomfortable, but you know, that's a that's a good random question that I typically ask, and that's toe socks, no toe socks, people that wear toe oh, socks, yeah. weird. Do you, do you still talk to people that wear toe socks? Um, I don't know. I don't judge them for sure. Okay. Um, I think Ruth Croft actually wore toe socks during States. And I know some people who like kind of swear by them. I think it wasn't Katie, Katie Asmuth. I think she yeah. had toe socks. I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. Okay. She, she is. So, yeah. She's exoskin. Um, yeah. yeah. So I need to try them. I haven't, but yeah, it's, it's on my to-do list for sure. I I think you should honestly, um, but what kind of shoes are you wearing? Do you change it up from states to CCC? Or are you wearing that same uh, make and model? Um, I'm probably gonna race in the Terex's Speed Ultra. I think that's that's my plan right now. That's what I did some of Western states in, and it's kind of my go-to training shoe. It's like light but really tough and has good traction um and you have like enough protection to run that far without feeling like you're beating up your feet but at the same time it's not like a big beefy shoe um so yeah that's that's gonna be my shoe of choice how many how many toenails do you have going into ccc and how's that compared to western states (laughs) uh 10 out of 10 then 10 out of 10 now um, are they all normal colors? <laughs> no, but are they present? Yes. Yeah. And the little baby ones are not, in, eh, no, they're fine. They're fine. They're just <laughs> weirdly small. <laughs> but you just yeah, pay, no, you painted the nail on. <laughs> yeah. You paint the skin sometimes when you have to. Yeah. <laughs> you can't let anybody know your weaknesses. <laughs> um, what's the hardest you've ever fallen during a race? Oh, man. I mean, Bandera, wow, 100K, like, I kick so many. It's my annual ritual to, like, kick a big toenail off at Bandera or Black Canyon 100K. Ooh. Yeah, okay, so I can't. I'm uh, I'm probably due for, like, a big wipeout in a race. I haven't done one in a really long time. So I've done a lot of those, like, when you just kick a rock perfectly and, and oh. you die a little bit inside because yes. it, it hurts so bad. Uh, I've done a good amount of those, but it's, it's honestly hard to like even think of a specific time and place. Cause it's happened, you know, so many times, but I would say the worst fall that I've ever had, this wasn't in a race, but I was running, it was back when I lived in Boulder and I was running, I think up sunshine Canyon up some of the trails uh, with my friend, Jeremy. And it was, 
you know how when you're like running on the boulder trails and they're like so packed down because so many people love them like the snow gets so packed down it just turns into an ice luge yeah but you can't always see where the ice luges are so i was running on one of those trails and i slipped and fell and just did like a full full superman like the full spread and i landed i did not catch myself with my hands i caught myself with my face and I hit like my cheekbone oh. and I just like took off all the, it was like a really bad, uh, rug burn kind of situation, like right on my face. Like, I'm just really glad I don't have like serious eye damage from that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty gnarly. And then I had to go to work like the next day and it was just this like giant scabby, like bloody mess, like all over my face and. Yeah, it was great. That took People such a long like, time to heal. Did you like get in a bar fight last night, Taylor? Like, yeah, you can oh tell gosh, us. So like, many people. Yeah, so many people were making jokes about it. Like, did you get in a fight with a beard? Like, are you okay at home? Just all all sorts of stuff. And I was like, no, 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 no. I did this to myself <laughs> on accident on a trail. So I actually need this more is what help. What I do for fun. <laughs> yeah. So I need more help than what you thought I did. Um. So I'll I'll tell you really quick. Because it's relevant. CCC, I tried to pass someone. Uh, I think I was mm-hmm. still in Italy or going up, I think the second climb uh, towards Switzerland. And those, you know you know how narrow those trails are. And there's like yeah. grass next to the the dirt. <laughs> but the grass is like a foot deep. Like, oh, and so yeah. I, I was trying to pass someone um, that when I said pass on the left did not move at all. Um, mm-hmm. probably cause it was a language thing, but I literally, my left foot went down like a foot off the oh. trail and I just ate oh, no. shit completely. Like it, <laughs> it was a miracle. I caught myself. It didn't break my wrist. Like, ah, oh. Oh, so sucks. I did have a pretty good, like I stabbed myself pretty well on accident with the poles. Um, I don't know. Getting used to poles is like, I'm, I'm better at it. I feel like winter skiing helps, but yeah, I did that the other day and I just like felt so stupid because I got it stuck between my legs. I stabbed myself in the calf and then I tripped over it and, and yeah, there was no one there to like witness it. I just got up and was like, Oh, this is, this is not good. It's like the the mom, the mom moose now is like, yeah, my kid's fine. It's just Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Like that thing is definitely not a threat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Biggest threat to herself. Um, yeah. <laughs> are you taking, so you're going to use polls like strategically at CCC. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. I feel like <laughs> despite that story, um, they're super helpful. Yeah. So for the elite runners listening to this, watch out, watch your ankles. Taylor's at Taylor's going to be in the area for CCC. So um, even even if you're a cameraman or just a fan watching, like give her an extra three feet clearance because uh, right. this could get dangerous. I mean, I think we all have to watch out for each other when there's a lot of poles involved. Uh, Not like because of intentional just, stuff, but it just gets oh, so tangly. It's never really intentional. I hope yeah. it's not intentional, but it does no. get dangerous. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so are you going to wear any compression gear? Do you just wear like shirt pack? I'm trying to remember sunglasses. Like I got to hear just the last kind of overall gear question. What am I missing? What What can I, what can I get to, to run like Taylor gear wise? Gear wise, I mean the mandatory kit is step one, you know, so you have to have like your extra jacket, the pants, the two headlamps we mentioned, the whistle, the emergency blanket, the cell phone, you know, the phone, yeah. the all the things. I'm probably forgetting some stuff. The hydration, a little like aid station cup. Um yeah, potentially like hat, glasses. All this stuff. I am debating actually uh, maybe wearing some compression socks, like some full calf socks. I haven't fully decided yet, um, but I, I wear them all the time at, at work and they're really nice. And I was kind of debating whether or not to do that at CCC. So that's the only thing that's up in the air. Other than that, I think I've got my kit dialed. Have you have you trained in those? 
before? Oh, a little bit, but yeah, not a ton. Cause it's, I mean, it's been really hot here. So, um, yeah, I've been avoiding extra clothing items, but, um, so yeah, I've definitely, I've done it in the past. My weird situation with those and I'm trying to be helpful. I'm probably just annoying you because you're like, I know. No, Rob. no, I, I need, I, I need help because I haven't decided. I know, no, I don't like, know. <laughs> um, so the ankle mobility, like the natural, like, uh, way your ankle moves. If you take a okay. single sock, sometimes some people get used to this, but for me, when I was doing longer efforts beyond like, I don't know, 50 miles, if my ankle wasn't moving naturally, it kind of cascades through like the leg, the the muscle oh. and tendon chain. So I like to have a sock and then a separate calf sleeve that allows for oh. the ankle movement. Uh, and then yeah. that also okay, gives me saying. the quick flexibility of like, take my shoe off, then I can like just remove the calf sleeve or like replace it and not have to do the whole, the whole sock. Or I can just do the sock and not the calf sleeve. So it gives you more okay. options. And then it also, I think, I truly think it helps uh, leg mobility after like hundreds of miles, possibly. Like it, it just, um, unless you're training that way, I, that's just my two cents. So probably worth about two cents, but. <laughs> no five cents <laughs> nice uh no that's 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 helpful i'll definitely i'll think about it um all right like i said i still haven't decided but i really appreciate um just having them at work and i feel like it's the ones that i have are like they're nice i enjoy them and they're really comfortable haven't created any issues so it kind of got me thinking like why have i never like raced in these even though i've trained in them and work in them so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'll probably make a game time decision knowing myself. So, just try something new. It's not a big race. You're not going to go all <laughs> yeah, out. No. You're just like no, no, no. This isn't a big deal. So, yeah, I mean, you know what really gets the adrenaline going? Yes, just experimenting yeah, I mean, on race exactly. <laughs> uh, so, last question yeah. here for you, and I, I truly appreciate all your time. Most importantly, are you? going to be listening to music during ccc like i can't recall if you did during states and then you know follow up to that like what what kind of music are you jamming out to Ooh, i think that i'm going to i did listen to some music um during western states and it was so much fun i felt like I was running in a music video and had a great time. And I've never actually done that before. I train with it all the time. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's in the cards. <laughs> um, and then the playlist, actually my sister, who's amazing. We, we share a Spotify account. Uh, she curates like little running playlists for me. And the CCC playlist is, is full of like a lot of nineties throwbacks. Nice uh, stuff that like we grew up like going to middle school dances to for some reason I've just like really been vibing that lately so I yeah I think that's that's probably the plan I think I need to get a link to that so that I can throw that in the <laughs> show notes um, share it with patreon followers and download it myself for for having to fly out there so my wife and I are gonna be out there in Chamonix in a few weeks awesome. here so uh, hopefully we can meet up and and celebrate Absolutely. your top ten at CCC. Uh, safe travels yeah. and stay in touch. And thanks Thank again you. for all your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And that was episode 214. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big shout out to you Patreon supporters. Thank you to Exoskin, Tannery Outdoors, and most importantly, don't forget to enjoy your training. Have a great week. 